welcome to the final episode of Season 3 of Bold Thinking, Entrepreneurial Stories Honestly Told. In a world full of chaos, this is a podcast about the people making positive change in the world, using bold thinking to transform businesses and themselves. You've almost certainly seen or shared at least one of the millions of fun videos created on TikTok over the last few years. Alessandra Mariani is a brand strategy lead for Southern Europe at TikTok, who's been working with some of the many brands who are getting it in on the game. Welcome, Alessandra. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Julia. Thank you. Thank you for having me today at Bull Thinking. Very excited to be here. Yeah, it's brilliant. I really want you to start off with telling us a bit more about your career and how you ended up at TikTok. All right. Sounds good. So my journey really starts at advertising and experience agencies where I actually work to develop omni-channel experiences for brands, right? So think something like Lego Store, M&M's World in Nessa Square, something like that. In short, helping brands to be relevant and engaging in the real world. So the question might be, how the heck did you end up at TikTok from there? Well, aside from a huge passion that I have for the platform and a deep love for actually studying new consumer behaviors, there's so many synergies between my previous job and the, and the job that I do now at TikTok. And even though they might sound different, both jobs look at customer journeys, you know, have the customer or the user really um, at the center of the experience. And so my job here is precisely that, you know, to build the bridge between users and brands and to consult them on how to shop in a meaningful way on the platform. So this is really how, um, how I ended up here. Well, that's amazing. So um, how does it work for brands, TikTok? And how, how does it actually, I mean, obviously, I've, I've been on it myself and I've actually got my own account. <laughs> um, and I've had a little sort of play around with it more experientially. But how does it work for brands? Um, I think what I like to say always is that TikTok for brands works in a very similar way to how it works for users, right? Because brands should really behave like creators on the platform and blend in. So be really native to really stand out. So I think just a couple of things to point out what, you know, how does TikTok work and, and, and how does it work for brands is that, first of all, um, TikTok really levels the playing field for everyone. This is absolutely important because it's based on content and pushes content that you like rather than, than followers, right? Which means that anybody, any brand or any user has the same chance to, um, to succeed and to go viral. Like myself, I went viral a couple of times and I just post really random videos of my holidays, right? Um, also another thing that is, that is great and then it works for brands, why it works for brands is that TikTok is sound on. TikTok is a platform that has brought, um, the element of sound back and, and gives, and that is, is useful for brands because it's an extra element of creative play, right? So it gives users more chance to be discovered and inspire others. And of course, I would say that like TikTok really is a short form video and entertainment app, meaning that it's a good place to be. It's just, it's just an exciting, positive space. Um, I read a tweet recently that says that TikTok is the last sunny place on the internet, right? And because of this reason, right, because it's so inclusive, collaborative, um, and so on, it means that really there, it, there's a place for everyone and brands can really tap into all the different tribes or what we call in here subcultures um, so that, um, you know, and, and tap into all the consumer um, passion points that, that we have. So I guess that's that's one. Maybe a last final note is also that brands can really leverage this co-creative, this collaborative side of TikTok um, through things like hashtag challenges and so on, which really um, allows them to activate the community and give them tasks, um, which is something that users do with, with passion already on the platform, right? Essentially turning them into brand ambassadors. Yeah, I really liked when we were talking last week, the... Um, Instead of the M&S account, the uh, Percy Pig account. 
It is, I mean, that's one of my favorite accounts. It's so good. <laughs> I must say, right, we love Percy Pig, me and my boys do, but we don't like the Percy Pig and Friends. You know, the little the little cow and the sheep. It's not as, yeah. it's not as tasty. <laughs> so I can imagine the Percy Pig account. And it's a really great way of looking at it. So, yeah, and actually, if I can add something yeah. to that, like that's like Martin Spencer's account is actually such a great case because what they did is that they really used they not only originally experimented with different content before finding out, obviously, that Percy Pig was the thing to, to, to talk about, but they really use the platform as a focus group, which is absolutely key because it users literally tell you what, what they like because things go viral, right? And so that um, very easily. And so that, that meant that they were able to construct then an entire account based around the, the hero product and character of Percy Pig, which, which is amazing. Yeah. And stating the obvious, there's so many boring advertisements on the telly at the moment. It's literally driving you mad. Whereas this, you just have a choice. You just, you're just not interested, are you? You have to, be, have to make content good. Exactly. So probably the most famous uh, TikTok from a brand perspective was the Ocean Spray video. That wasn't even Ocean Spray. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Of course, um, Ocean Spray. So that's really like, for me, the perfect example of a phenomenon that happens every day on TikTok, which is people creating spontaneous ads for brands without even realizing that, right? In this case, we have Nathan Ap- Apodaca, which is um, user 420dogface208, which is one of the <laughs> one of the most famous users we had last year, um, who filmed himself skateboarding, lip syncing to dreams by Fleetwood Mac and drinking from a bottle of Ocean Spray. And that was amazing because... He really embodied that sense of freedom and carefree that we all been longing for during the year of the pandemic. And it led so many other people to uh, join in. And we had not only the CEO of Ocean Spray, but Fleetwood Mac joining in and, and so many other creators, which resulted in not only Ocean Spray being sold out in all the stores, because people tried to, to recreate the TikTok, but also, um, you know, the creator got product deals and Dreams, the song went actually back on the Billboard Hot 100 chart for the first time since 1977, right? And everybody lived happily ever after. Um, but not really, jokes aside, like, well done, Ocean Spray, for tapping into that content and diving in head first to the trend. We actually love to see more brands. We would love to see more brands do this because there's a real opportunity waiting on TikTok for you, for brands, and they just have to capture it. And as I was saying, every day people create these commercials without realizing, meaning that if any brand really types, searches the hashtag, they will find content that has gone viral about their brand um, already because people literally love to create with brands. So something to, to think about if you're a brand. Yeah, true. I absolutely love that. So what do you think people want or need from brands today? Great question. Um, I mean, I guess the basic answer is they want relevance and something that is meaningful for them. Um, but to get into a bit more detail, we actually, let me tell you about a study we ran recently. Um, we did a third-party research with Clear Strategy to really dig deeper uh, into what brings huge audiences, like the ones we see on TikTok, to the platform in such a unique way, because that actually gives us an answer to what brands need to provide them, right? And we found that research, um, the research discovered four key mindsets that dominate TikTok, which are to entertain, to participate, to uplift, and to discover. And the idea here is that if brands want to succeed, they have to tap into these mindsets on TikTok. Let me just tell you quickly about them, just, just top line, because I think they're really interesting. So first one is entertain. We found that actually 75% of our users come to the platform to be entertained. And what does this mean for brands? It means that 
um, they they can brands can actually look at the platform and find out what entertains at scale simply by looking at things like trending hashtags and how users are engaging with these trending hashtags. So that they when they come into a particular industry, right? Again, the the example of Percy Pig stands out here. Then we have participate. We we talked about it briefly with the challenges just a second ago, but um, people on TikTok really love to join in. And this is particularly um, in terms of like expressing yourself. In fact, we found, Nielsen found that three in four users actually feel comfortable expressing themselves. And this is true across all different generations, right? Meaning that people, like we were talking before about Ocean Spray, people join in, participate, no matter their age. You know, you have Granddad Joe on TikTok, who is amazing, and they really take their spin on trends. And um, we had another amazing example is, um, Scottish postman Nathan Evans. I don't know if you heard about him. Uh, the one, the guy who opened up Sea Shanties, the traditional sailor songs, um, to a mass audience, right? And again, sparking co-creation. So again, this is this is another one. Um, and then the last two are uplift. So thinking about content that relaxes people, makes them feel good. We talked about TikTok being a happy place and a place of positivity and empowerment. And this is absolutely um, important. And this empowerment comes from. This uplift comes really from the fact that there is a huge sense of community on TikTok, right? Uh, that kept us company and in good spirit, even during lockdown and so on. So again, um, very important for brands to, to tap into creating contents that is makes people feel good, feel better. Um, in fact, we actually found that 15%, 14% of users are happy, are more happy during and after using TikTok than they were before they visited the app. Again, it's a great place to be for brands because people are already in a happy place. And then finally, discovery. Um, the discover mindset is really is my favorite one on TikTok because it really talks speaks to me because um, it's all about discovering um, what's popping, what's are the latest news, the latest personalities, the trends, and so on. And and it's really easy for brands to tap into that because they can really showcase um, how they use to use their products and and you know just fun facts about the brand and so on, which which obviously tap into this mindset. So really, again, to to, to answer in short the question of why, what do you think people need from brands today? I think it's really to, 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 to tap into mindset and, and give consumers what they're looking for. After all, it's an entertainment platform, right? So what does all this mean for customer experience? And this is, is this kind of quite revolutionary. It's putting more the customer in the heart rather than just brands showing people what they want them to see, isn't it? Absolutely. I think it's, it's just that. Like the experience on TikTok, as we were talking about, is super positive. Super positive, which means that users are significantly more receptive to branded content compared to other platforms, right? So it's important for brands that enter this space to leverage the mindsets to obtain best results. So ask yourself if you're a brand, how can you entertain consumers with your content? How can you encourage participation? How can you uplift them? And also, how can you show them something worth discovering and sharing? And this way, the customer experience will really continue to be infinitely positive on TikTok. And so will the relationship between brands, branded content and users. Mm, I love it. So we sort of started this podcast now about a year and a half ago or just, just sort of during the start of the pandemic because everything felt a little bit bleak. And we just thought, look... There's a lot of positivity in the world. And, you know, you've always got to look for the helpers in, in a crisis because that's the only way to do it. What do you think bold thinking means to you? Bold thinking. For me, it's doing something that has not been done before and making it accessible to everyone. I think that's, that's for me, bold thinking. And if I have to relate it to TikTok, um, 
I guess one way which we, in which we have as a company maybe displayed both thinking is that we really turned advertising on its head. We fuel discoverability for brands and help them drive sales in a revolutionary way on TikTok, which, you know, and, and as, for example, did Little Moons. I don't know if you heard about it, but Little Moons is the that uh, ice cream mochi brand that created content on TikTok and then went absolutely viral on it thanks to thanks to the content and um, achieved 1,300% increase in sales. And, and again, this is because of this new way of creating advertisement, which I think is very bold. So hopefully that answered the question. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally love that. There's a little moon, the ice cream brand. I'm going to go and have a look at that after. <laughs> Yeah, so um, we've been talking about this bold thinking idea. What, what what do you think your boldest idea has been today and how did you make it happen? All right. So for me, I guess um, a little proud moment here. I guess it's Gen T, Generation TikTok. So originally this whole, you know, the, the different mindsets and, and study that I that I talked to you about actually got sparked from a from a thought leadership piece I wrote in 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 January, really discovering uh, well, questioning. Um, generations and whether demographics were relevant or whether mindsets were more relevant in this in this time, right? And I guess that that was a bold idea because the article itself went kind of viral on LinkedIn, and then the the business actually picked it up and ran an entire study with a third party, the one I was just mentioning before, to test the hypothesis that I that I put forward. And actually, we discovered a new way of looking at audience segmentation, which is the one I dis- I, I I talked about and the mindsets before. So I think that for me is the most recent boldest idea, something I'm quite proud of. That sounds fascinating. So in that, that was less about less about mindset. So it was less about the different generations and more about a mindset. So actually, I could have the same mindset as you, but I will say I'm a, I'm slightly older. <laughs> on TikTok, I think that's the key. Like on TikTok, is mindset over generation, and that's why we have um, really young like teenage, well, young teenagers, or we have the grandparents of TikTok, the moms of TikTok creating very similar content because on TikTok, they're there for the, for similar reasons to express themselves, to be creative, to participate. And this allows them to be, I would say, grouped in a positive way into this wider generation T that that we talked about. My mom's 72 and she always says that to me. She always says, I can't believe I'm 72. I still feel like I'm 22. You know, my mindset has not changed yet. I'm categorized and all that sort of stuff. And it's she's always said that to me. So I just, See? I love that. Love it. She's <laughs> <laughs> gentle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. So how optimistic are you at the moment? Obviously, you've had a really tricky last year, the whole the whole sort of global global economy has and people in that as well. How optimistic are you? And, and what do you think it's going to take for a brand to thrive? Very optimistic. I think uh, if we're not optimistic in times like this, we are not going to be having a very, very positive time. So uh, optimistic. I think what makes me feel like this is also that obviously I've been interested in social platforms and entertainment platforms for a long time, right? And it is only recently that I've seen a real place of positivity where people are engaged in things that make them happy and that place is TikTok. And I, I say this not because I work there, but because I, I absolutely believe that, you know, um, way before I even uh, I even joined TikTok as a company. And I think that is like a little spark that shows you that it is possible to change how the the game is played it's possible to change how we how we do things and how brands do things and i think particularly for brands what's it going what it's going to take for them to thrive i think you know we always talk about brand purpose and that feels like jargon i hate jargon 
And I think TikTok is a really a way to show if you're serious about your brand purpose or not, because you can actually tap into the right creators, the right communities, subcultures, tribes. There's a really an opportunity to demonstrate your commitment to purpose in a very raw and human way. So that for me is something that makes me makes me very optimistic about the future, particularly around times like this. You know, now we're in Pride Month, right? Um, it's not just about showing colors. It's about really engaging in the conversation with with communities and 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 brands can really do that on on TikTok. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. So, I mean, what's quite interesting being a TikTok user uh, myself, I quoted one account is how unexpected brands are engaging in TikTok, even like financial services. But you, you were you surprised to see that? Absolutely, I think. What's so great about the platform is that brands can really let go of their um, of the image they've held for such a long time and and release a bit more of another side of their personality, right? And this happens on so many uh, categories. And one we've seen recently is um, is uh, finance because people, well, driven by younger generations, obviously younger people, but we see a lot of conversations going on and 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 people wanting information and clarity about mortgages, about tips about saving and so on. And suddenly you have brands on the platform and Plum is one of them, um, more like FinTech and so on, really talking about money in a different way, in a way that they don't do on, on other platforms, really having these one-to-one conversations, reacting to, to comments that people make, creating content because people ask them um, for that information. And I think that's that's fabulous because it democratizes information that might have otherwise been held by um, only certain individuals. And this is is a beauty that you see in almost everything on, on TikTok. I think if you, every, because everybody has a different feed because it's based on what you like, I think you can discover discover so many so many new things and that, that you didn't know before. No, I find it fascinating. My my son's, he's doing his GCSEs next year and he, he, he decided to take business. And he came home one day and said, "I just can't believe that everybody doesn't do doesn't do business." And I said, "Why?" I said, "Well, they teach you how to manage your finance. They teach you how to get a loan, and all these things. No wonder so many people are in credit card debt, and there's so many issues around. This is like basic stuff we all need to learn. So, and I think you're right. Sometimes the financial services that don't get to the nitty gritty of what people need. So, what do you think's next for TikTok? And you know, it's been such a monumental rise. And I think we spoke last week about how amazingly um, people are flocking to it for all the really, really good reasons. So what do you feel is next for TikTok? What can we expect to see in the next few months that people are going to be start talking about? Or can we share that? Well, without sharing too much, um, <laughs> all I can say is that we're always looking to innovate our ad formats to bring new solutions to market. I think that's a fairly safe thing to say. Um, all I'm telling you, watch this space because it's going to be amazing and uh, I suspect we're going to be flipping advertisements on its head once again. So um, that's uh, that's it. Watch this space. And, and I've got I've got um, a sort of a question for you as well. I mean, you've you've had a really amazing career today, and we've got a lot of people listening to this in, in the sort of younger older generation of, of people that just want to reinvent. And I read a really amazing fact over the weekend that forty one percent of the global workforce are looking at leaving their jobs or changing because of the pandemic. So. A few questions around that for you is, if you look back in 10 years, can you see yourself building a legacy for yourself in this role? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You mean in this role in TikTok? Yeah, in life. I mean, you've got an amazing story yourself, so. 
Absolutely. That's the plan. I think we all want to give back. I've been fortunate in, in so far in my career to have amazing mentors and to have um, been welcomed in, in everywhere I worked. And I hope I can give that back. And I, I think that the more you um, achieve, the more you can give back because you have bigger means to. So that's, that's the plan. That's the plan for me. Um, but obviously I'm yeah super excited and I'm particularly interested in empowering young, well, empowering, that's another jargon word I don't really like, but in, I love working with young talents, right? So, um, because I think there's a whole wealth of knowledge and experience that we just tap too little into still. And I see that when we work with interns, with graduates, I mean, it's just amazing when you go to speak at universities and and so on, not just unis. I think that's uh, something I would love to be involved more with in the future. Um, obviously, alongside alongside what I what I'm doing right now at TikTok. But for the moment, let's grow the the business. Let's grow the Southern Europe business. As I've just moved to to Milan, and uh, yeah, let's see where yeah. it goes. No, it's fascinating you say that, and I'm going to go into my last question. So, I've got both my boys at ten and fifteen are absolute digital addicts, gaming addicts. They game as much as they possibly can, and and literally have to run upstairs and go right. That's it. And and I do get a lot of backlash because obviously what they've got is they've built up a great gaming community. They're very good at science. And my eldest son is majoring in on science, digital, mass, advanced mass, all that sort of stuff. But he comes back at me and says, look, careers are changing. Whatever I do in the future, it's not going to be that very traditional job. And I think digital services is opening up a massive avenue. What would you say for that younger generation? Because as a mom, I'm a little bit worried they're doing too much time online. <laughs> so I've got to get that in there. Well, two things for me. I think obviously a balance is always good. I spend myself lots of hours online. I think my screen time, well, on top of my daily work, my screen time on my phone is maybe seven hours, which is, in, <laughs> I use, the excuse I have is I work for TikTok. I need to look at different platforms and stuff. But um, the truth is, what, what I really believe is that um, it's so important, I think, to encourage the passions that the that, that young people have because those skills can turn themselves super valuable uh, in the in the future, for example, you know, when I was a kid, I I loved to blog, and I really was, so I you know, I had Windows Live Spaces. I don't know if you know it, but it it got acquired by WordPress after, and it was just this place where you could blog. And my parents didn't really want me to do it because the internet is not a super safe space. Who knows? And because of that, I got into um, writing articles and and blogging later, and that's why now I do so many public speaking and so on. So I think it's super important. I think personally, as long as it's done in a safe way, it's so, it's so amazing to, to watch young people grow into their hobbies and into their passions because they can literally be the job, their new job. And if they can do what they love, is there a better job? So I guess that's, uh, that's my two cents on this, but I don't have any kids. So my opinion might change in the future. <laughs> no, I love that. And I think you're absolutely right. It's following your passions, isn't it? Which is, I remember someone saying to me, I went to a life coach about four or five years ago, and she said to me, what are you really, really passionate about? And honestly, I'm telling you for about 10 minutes, I had no idea. And then we drilled, drilled, drilled deep. And she said, so how many how many books do you think you read a year? And I went, oh, probably about three or four a week. And she just went, what? Oh I'm goodness, an avid reader, lot. yeah, massive reader, books, all books and anything. I just avid, avid reader, always have been. And she went, well, that's pretty much a passion, isn't it? And I was like, I hadn't even thought about it like that. But it's very clear what my son's passions are without even having to identify it. <laughs> but what's crazy is that now they can even like monetize their passions, you know? So I think like, I mean, gaming is something that you can monetize. I don't know how pro they are, but those skills um, are, are, are valuable, particularly because they're digital skills, right? 
they are not going to go away no. anytime soon. Well, I'm factoring in that, isn't it that saying that 10,000 hours that you get great at anything and that's what the, the chess players and the tennis players, so I'm, I'm, I reckon we're at least 10,000 hours. They must be, must be genius. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, awesome. thank you for joining me, Alexandra. I really, really love that. And um, thank you for listening to Bold Thinking, entrepreneurial stories honestly told. If this episode has got you thinking, share your comments on LinkedIn, Twitter or Instagram, or you can contact us at hello at thehonestbrand.com. Join me next time to hear from somebody else who's making positive change in the world. That's brilliant. Loved it. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was really great.